Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world of golf. This week we'll look back on the weekend's action and look ahead to one of the best tournaments of the year, the WGC Match Play Championship. We'll also hear Tommy Fleetwood's Match Play tips, answer your questions from social media and finish with the quiz. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello, my name's Tom Clark and welcome to the Clubhouse and as ever I'm joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing Elliot? Hello Tom, very good thanks. For those now, obviously uh, the podcast is audio so they can't see everyone but Elliot's had a brutal haircut this week. Oh thank you. By brutal you mean good don't you? Uh, It's better than your usual haircut which doesn't say a lot but no, well done. Looks like you've gone for the boy band look or something like that. You've gone for some designer stubble as well. I've gone for a number three back and sides. Really? I normally go for a four. Wow. Um, I'm I'm also a number three man as well. There you go. Are you? Interesting advice there. Are you just trying to copy my haircut? No, you've actually got quite a good head of hair for <laughs> no. a man nearing for nearing your forties. I'm getting there. Not that close, cheeky. But uh, at the weekend, I pl- I went away on my on a golf weekend. Uh, with my cricket club it's a pre-season thing and yeah we had a good laugh but I was getting abuse people were saying I was dyeing my hair which I don't but I, th- I was taking that as a compliment yeah it was from from slightly elder elderly gentlemen not elderly slightly older gentlemen <laughs> and uh, yeah I, th- I think they're a bit jealous actually so are you going to be a silver fox I have no idea <laughs> I'm not really you know I'm, I'm married now I don't, I don't really care about my, my hair how I look so how was your golf weekend? It's good, very good. I played about as well as I played in in years. I scored thirty four points, thirty two points, finished third overall. So I was quite happy with that. Nice. It was good. What enjoy. was the place called again? It was called Manor of Groves, Manor in of Groves. and it, yeah, very good deal if you get a chance to go there. Um, did you play golf on the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yes, you played with your your father in a first knockout. Yeah, correct. We played in the. By the tone of your voice, sounds like you didn't go very well. Yes, uh, remind me never to play golf with my (laughs) foursomes and my dad again. Um, Yeah, there was one particular hole where I said to him, "That was a shot of someone who shouldn't actually be on a golf course." (laughs) I don't. Having met both yourself and your dad in the past, and the relationship that you have is quite a. You do quite having a little bit of a squabble here and there. I'm not sure um, whether you'd be great on the course. I must say, we came out of it quite so what's, well. So what was the score then? Come on. Uh, basically three and one. We conceded the 17th hole. Dormied two down. So yeah, yeah. But never mind. No. Um, but yeah, the guys we played were very nice. So we had a nice drink after. That was good. Uh, I had three pints after. You had three we, pints. You must have been three pints un- aside. Yeah, under good. the table. By the, by the end of the uh, So yeah, all, t- all together it's quite a good day. Um, lots of work on the house, so that's good. Yeah, busy, busy old, busy old times. But anyway, let's talk about some golf, hey? Let's talk about yes. some professional golf. And starting off with the Valspar Championship on the PJ Tour, where more success for the Europeans, more success for an Englishman. Paul Casey won his third PJ Tour title, his 19th pro victory. Obviously also defended his title, first time he's defended the title. Uh, beat Louis Oosthuizen and Jason Kokrak by one. It's the first time in the tournament's 19-year history that has been successfully defended. A few things. DJ played the final round with 
with Casey didn't play particularly well shot three over past 74 but you know playing decent anyway Rahm was sixth moved up to eighth in the world now he's had eight top tens in his last ten starts that's pretty decent and game, the it? two weeks in that ten that he didn't finish in the top ten uh, one of them was at the players where he led after 54 holes yeah so he shows just how well he's, he's playing, playing very well uh, and also it's really good to see another Englishman doing well former Luke Donald former world number one uh, showing that he can still get it round and still uh, still play with the big boys. Casey, fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, really, really good. Um, one of my favourite golfers, an English stalwart who's been around for the best part of two decades, hasn't he? And he's just, yeah, great player. And, play, and playing really well at the moment as well. And he just seems to be in a better place with his golf. A few years ago, he I don't know what he thought about his golf game, really. He was... He famously broke his leg, I think, or his ankle, snowboarding, uh, because he said, oh, you know, golf's not really the biggest thing in my life, I'm going to have fun and all this stuff. Whereas I think now golf is more part of his, his psyche now, and he, he's, he's almost like he's trying a bit harder and enjoying it a bit, a bit more. And he's, you know, won a good few times, I had a really good Ryder Cup, he just seems to be playing with a smile on his face. He was high-fiving everybody when he won. He even high-fived the cameraman. So uh, he played really well. And it was a hell of a shot out of the uh, the bunkers on 18 to, uh, to to help make his part. I said this in the office earlier. I think he's one of the best fairway bunker players in the world. That's just because I went and watched him win the BMW PGA in like 2009. And he hit it to like a foot out of a bunker and just always stayed with me. And then this year, I've seen him hit some amazing fairway bunker shots. And under pressure, that was really impressive. Yeah, he's got the, he's got a fantastic all-round game, actually. If you say what's his weakness, you'd probably say his mental game, if anything, because he's not exactly short off the tee, is he? No. His irons are pretty decent, and he's always been a very solid putter. He's ne- he doesn't seem to really change his... The shape of his putt or anything like that, unless I'm you're the gear guru. No, he doesn't. He? Always uses that answer stuff. Yeah, so uh, he, yeah, he's, yeah. I think he's a very, very. Do you think he's quite underrated? Because he's higher in the world than Tommy Fleetwood, but Tommy Fleetwood gets a lot more plaudits than Paul Casey. Yeah, and I Paul think... Casey's done it for a very long time. I do think Casey. What I didn't help Casey is when he went through that that time when I was talking about you know when he broke his legs stuff like that. People, I think, did get slightly annoyed with him. He obviously then didn't play in a few Ryder Cups because he decided he wasn't going to you know jump through the hoops of the European Tour. I don't think that's helped him gain much support from around. Yeah, the he's world. not loved, is he? No, and whereas Tommy. You know, I think he's actually everyone really likes him. You know, he's a bit playful. He's got his long hair, doesn't he? Looks like a looks like a Labrador or something, doesn't he? So, um, and you know, and he's playing very well as well. But I mean, Casey's got just outside the top ten now, um, playing really well. He has also had this problem where he hasn't probably won as many times as he should have done. Um, he's been he's been in contention a hell of a lot and just hasn't happened so but a good way to look at it would be to go through the FedEx Cup results and I think he's finishing the top 10 at the end of the season quite a few times yeah oh he he's a money making machine he is, there's a few there's a few golfers out there who don't win a huge amount but they're always up there Graeme McDowell was fantastic for doing this a few years ago where he didn't win that often obviously he did win the US Open but he would be top 10 every week. He'd be in those standings right at the top, inside the world's top 15, and just, you know, doing really well, making a great career for himself. So, uh, 
Uh, yeah, Casey's there. Uh, Casey's, you know, he could. He's one of those guys who could really push on. He could push on. He could win this week at the, at the match play. He's he's won it before, and he you know he, he really suits him well at match play because he's such a solid golfer. He could do well in the majors. Do you think he'd yeah, do well in the majors? I've I've kind of given up. Well, I kind of gave up on him a few years ago, but. It would be amazing. I would absolutely love to see Paul Casey win a major. But he's never really come very close, has he? Not overly. I there's nothing. I, there's I, never a time I can really remember him being no. right at the top there. I may have got that wrong. But uh, he's had okay results in all the majors, I think, but nothing which really stands out. So, you know, maybe this could be his year. There's an awful lot of players we seem to be talking about like that. There's now, in the, what, in the world's top 20, how many people haven't won? Not many. I don't actually know that stat. I don't know. I know Justin Thomas hasn't won from the world's top ten. But Thanks to Sam from the quiz last exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> well, I knew that. I guessed it. So there's lots and lots of players in contention going towards Augusta, which is coming closer and closer, only three weeks away now. So uh, looking really, really good. And, um, yeah, another good week. But with the match play coming up this week, where it's a real brute, you've got to... You've got to play seven matches to, to win it, so uh, it'd be interesting to see who who comes through that because you'll really see people if they if they they could actually start that week this week playing quite poorly and end it playing really well. Mm. So uh, we'll wait and see. Also, um, Casey's post round interview I thought was really good at the Skycart. He was talking about John McLaren, Johnny Longsocks, how he's much more of a caddy. Sorry, much more than a caddy, like one of his best friends and a mental coach and all that. Uh, and he was also talking about Pebble Beach, where he held the lead. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? No, go on, go on. The, so he, he held that. This is this is just a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? Or a month, month ago, ago or so? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the narrative was kind of ah, oh, Paul Casey's bottled it again. But Mickelson did shoot six under, and Casey said that um, he's never actually shot a good round around Pebble Beach. Of course, that tournament is at Monterey Peninsula and Spyglass Hill as well, where perhaps his best two rounds of the week came. Uh, and he said he shot one under, or he shot one or two under par around Pebble Beach on the final round with the lead. He's like really happy with that. Yeah, and that's a great way of looking at and it. And yeah, some courses. And we just did don't chat. Sort we did chat about. Suit, we did it. chat about them when Mickelson won that and said, "Oh, does Kate, did Casey blow it?" But actually, Mickelson did play very, very well around there. And Mickelson obviously does love playing around Pebble Beach. Um, obviously, the U.S. Open is at Pebble Beach this year, so. From that interview, you probably said, don't bat Paul Casey. Yeah, very true. <laughs> uh, also, he said that he thought DJ was the favourite going into the final round, even though Casey was one ahead of him. So, um, Well, I think DJ would have been the favourite, wouldn't he? Yeah, but that's what Casey odd. thought in his yeah. mind. And, that, and that's yeah. what I was saying. I think just getting that mental game right, not putting too much pressure on stuff. I think sometimes golfers, if they are in the lead, I mean, 18 holes is such a long time. Anything can happen. We see it every single week, don't we? How many times does the actual 54-hole lead a win? I don't know what the percentages are, but it probably isn't that high because there's 18 holes to go and you know it takes one or two bits of brilliance from someone else and a couple of dodgy shots or not listening to your caddy uh, for others and it, you know a lead's gone. So, um, no, I think it's really good and hopefully he'll take that forwards. Whether he will, I don't know, but hey-ho. Right, there was another tournament last week played and that was the Maybet Championship over Malaysia. And one of my favourite golfers won. Mine too. Well, he is now. And uh, so Scott Hens, the Aussie, beat Nacho Elvira. 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 Yeah. I'm not very good with Spanish names. Uh, in, in a playoff. 
Um, Scott Hens, one of my go-to betting tips over the last few years. He was a hundred to one last week. I saw was he, he. Yeah, I saw he was a hundred to one. I wrote his name down in better tips, and then I deleted it and put someone else in. Uh, so I was quite annoyed myself that I didn't bet him, but I was, it was I was very pleased to wake up on Sunday morning to see that he'd won um, because he's a very good golfer. It's his third European Tour title, his fifteenth pro victory. Very very good uh, player on the Asian Tour has won the Order of Merit there before and now he leads the Order of Merit this year as well so uh, yeah playing really well and he he's one of those guys because I've backed him so many times some of you out there must be might not really know much about him but he very nearly won the European Masters a couple of years ago where he lost in the playoff to Matt Fitzpatrick and, and Alex Noren two years in a row wasn't it uh, or am I wrong no I think he just lost he just lost to Fitzpatrick I think that's I'm pretty right. sure he lost in a player to Alex well, Noren yeah. as well. It all blows into one. Yeah. But he missed a tiny, tiny part in that playoff to, to win the event. I actually had backed Hend and Fitzpatrick for that event. Um, so I wasn't too fussed. But I think that actually really had an effect on him because he was getting cl- I think he was about 60th in the world at that point. And um, he's now dropped out to outside the 250. I think he's 130th or something now. So... Um, yeah, really good to see him him play. And he's a bit of a character, isn't he, short end? Yeah, brilliant. One of the best guys to follow on Twitter, if you don't follow him already. Um, linking back to Casey, I think that's another reason why I'm such a Casey fan now. Casey appears to do his own social media as well, which Hend clearly does, with some of the things that Hend writes about. Um, but yeah, Casey's not that kind of corporate social media guy. Yes, you, I think you're definitely right about Hens. And not, um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of the, the tweets he's he's done over the last, especially over the past, the past year. Especially that one about the. Well, cu- actually, the past curry. past week. Uh, yeah, uh, but the the one that I really enjoyed was the one that on in the pro am on Wednesday, that he uh, had a, had two birds do their business on him, <laughs> in the round, and he got stung by a bee as well or something. Didn't yeah, he? I think so. So, uh, <laughs> I think all that bad luck on Wednesday, um, <laughs> it turned around into good luck by the end. But of yeah, the it was. Uh, it was a great um, playoff victory for him because Elvira hold like a 30-footer to get into a playoff and they were playing together uh, and then he made a brilliant sandy birdie yeah. on the 18th. One of those players, I always say, that I, you always take the mickey out of him, I say how well he strikes his irons. He's an incredible ball striker, isn't he? And he can't really hit his driver. He's not a very good driver. So when he, he was actually leading Wentworth a few years ago after 54 holes... And he just wasn't hitting driver at all, but he can hit a two iron as far as most people hit their three. Yeah, boats. A good stat about him is I think you have. I'm looking forward to this. 316 yards off the tee in 2005 on the mm. PGA Tour. Yeah. So he, he led the PGA Tour driving distance like 15 years ago, yeah. something like that. He's, he gives it a real wallop, but um, yeah, he does. I know he does have driver issues. I think he also does sometimes. The putter does let him down sometimes. But um, not this week. And it's really good to see him play. And I'm going to be, well, I've probably missed the boat now, haven't I? But the horse is bolted, as they would say. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check him out. I'm sure he'll be appearing in more better tips in the future. Uh, but there was another big story from the Maybach Championship. And that was the legend, that is Ernie Els. He recorded his 300th top 10. 300th. And 
that's from just 792 events. Just 792 events. Which is a percentage of what, Elliot? Compared uh, to what was out yesterday? So, from 792 events over a 30-year span, he has finished in the top 10 38% of the time. Which is pretty ridiculous. That is amazing. Um, Absolutely amazing. It shows just how good a player he was and still is, really. He's, he's suddenly... Because we thought he'd gone when he got the putting yips a couple of years ago, but that seems to have settled down. Oh, he had them for a lot longer than just the last two years. Yeah. And he's... Um, and his swing is just, it's always, the, you know, the big easy swing, you know. It just looks, still looks effortless. Yeah. So um, it's fantastic to see him. You know, what's your favourite Ernie Els memory? Can you, do you have one? I know you're a bit, you're a bit young, you probably can't remember some of the things Yeah, that's did. a good question. I am a bit young, I'd say. Obviously, um, his open victory was incredible. When, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. When, uh, when Adam Scott rather threw it away. Um, that day, I was actually playing cricket that day. And uh, I'd, I'd almost stopped watching the the golf because Scott was so far ahead. And then my brother shouted, "It was at my cricket club, of course." He goes, "You'd never guess who's won." I was like, "Who's that?" And he was like, "Really? Where's that come from?" But I think everyone was very happy to see him. he's one of those very popular popular winners. For me, uh, the Ernie was at his best when he was winning the match play at Wentworth yeah. year after year after year. It was on BBC TV, and it's one of those things. It's one. It's almost not. One of my earliest golf memories, but it's one of the strongest earlier ones that I have. Just him always playing around lovely Wentworth, the autumnal colours, you know, leaves on the ground and stuff like that, and old Ernie was somehow winning matches year after year. So I'm named after Ernie as well. Your name's Elliot? Yeah, Els. Oh, well, is, that, is that actually true? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably you, you've not. You've done no. me there, you've done me there. But yeah, I, I live very near Wentworth and Virginia Water, as you know. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of like a home player to that little region. Yeah, and uh, uh, he's very, I think he's very popular in England because of that, actually. Yeah. Based himself over here for for a while, still has the house obviously in Wentworth. So, um, you know, a bit, bit of a ledge. But yeah, and 57 victories worldwide, 54 second places, four majors, two European Tour Order merits, uh, eight or nine weeks at world number one. Six world match play titles. Legend. Yeah. Absolute legend. And hopefully we'll keep seeing him for a good few few years, really. Um, uh, he, he's played his final Masters as well, hasn't he? So we'll, we'll at the moment, again. At the moment. Wouldn't it be lovely if he had a green jacket? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? But uh, No, but if he, he got I one I think he always had a bit of a love-hate relationship with Augusta. Everyone thought he was going to do a bit better than he did around there. But, um, you know. It is what it is. So, uh, no, fantastic to see how you're doing well. But uh, on to this week and on to what's happening. And it is, well, it's one of our longest weeks, isn't it? It's the WGC match play. So, first up, that starts on Wednesday this week. Or if you're listening to it, it may have already started. And they're playing groups of four to start off with. So, everyone plays it, uh, three matches before we go on to the knockout, which is, happens on from Saturday and Sunday. Last year, Bubba Watson won. He beat Kevin Kisner 7-6 in the final. Absolutely thrashed him. And Roy McIlroy, who has won here uh, and won this event before, has a chance to go back to world number one. He does need to win and a few other things need to go his way. Um, do you like the, 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 the format? I love the format, yeah. It gets a lot of abuse because people just like straight up knock out match play. But granted, the best action happens on Saturday and Sunday. But also Friday has been a 
very entertaining day in recent times yeah. where they're like jostling for the first and second spot yeah. in the group. I mean, I think a lot of people did used to really like the huge um, knockout first day of the of the match play event. But then I think they started thinking that they're going to start losing players. They did start losing a few players because it's an awful long way to go if you get knocked out. I mean, if you suddenly run into someone who shoots six birdies in the front nine, you can actually play quite well and be be knocked out after yeah. you know thirteen or fourteen holes. So um, I understand why they they have the group thing now, um, and it does mean more golf to watch, which is not a bad thing. It's like the Champions League of golf. I find how we've got all these little groups and the group stages are the first three days. Um, yeah, you don't not watch the yeah. Champions League because it's not knockout. No, exactly. And you do have some, there are some dead rubbers come the Friday, no doubt. But that doesn't get. But the then TV actually, time. they don't get the TV time exactly. Yeah. So there's enough groups where there will be, you know, almost knockouts matches happening. They usually are, um, or there's ones that they have to win to get into the playoff to get through. So, so really, you know, I I really like the match play, and also I like it just having something a little bit different at this time of year. I do quite, I think it really sets it up up nicely. Um, and you know, last year Bubba, although he'd already won by this time, he ha- he wasn't playing particularly well in 2017. He was playing pretty poorly, and he didn't have a incredibly good match play record. And um, he just he was superb that that week. And you you get that one player sometimes will come into it. When DJ won the year before, he just played out of his skin. It's perfect course for him. Hit the ball miles and and wedge it on and hold a putt. So. Um, yeah, I think that there's there's great play- there's players who really will enjoy the setup of the course. It's usually quite lively with the crowd, so um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, one of the best events of the year, definitely. So, who am I betting on this year, uh, this week even? And uh, I have got a tactic for match play betting, and it was done pretty well over the years. Right. So you'll get the bracket for all the groups so it's all kind of worked you can work out who goes from where to where and all that pick one man from each quarter and spread your bets around so don't just go for the four favourites because the four favourites will never get through to the final or semi-finals and then just uh, yeah so spread out your bets you know 20 to 1 you know one of the favourites a 20 to 1 or 40 to 1 and a slightly outsider one pick one from each quarter there you go that's it. Was that it? Yeah, but that's a tactic. Because oh. some people, you know, you can go. It's, what you usually do in betting, you will look at the at the field. Obviously, you go. I, I fancy him. I fancy him as well. Now you might fancy a couple of players, but if they're in the same bracket or in the same group, I think that's a wasted bet because you're you neither of them can get to the to the fi- uh, to the semi-finals or final. You need to try and give yourself a chance to get to semi-finals because that's when you get your, you can get some each way money. So top they usually pay on top four. So. Get, give yourself a chance get yourself some open bets and also this is the other thing I was going to say is if by the time that the group stages are finished and you're having a bit of a shocker you can reinvest for the knockouts because you'll still have some quite decent odds out there um, yeah that's true for, for, for the knockout stages so yeah that, that's that's how I, I see it so who have I gone for? No, it's a good technique. It's just a little bit more simple than I thought it would be. It, well, I know, but well, I'm a simple individual. You should know that by now. But also, that's I think having a very simple plan, you know, is it's better is, than no is plan. It's the way to go. Hey, oh, well, that, yeah. well, there you go. I would say that. And yeah, that's the way. I've and I, as I said, I have had success in the past with that. When Poulter, who did Poulter beat in the final? Was it Donald? 
It was Casey. Casey. When Porter beat Casey, I had Porter and Casey in the final because of the way that I'd, I'd done it like that. So uh, Were you the GM tipster back then? That was, I like was 2009 or something. I was betting away. I've been betting for a long time there. So <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a while back. But uh, no, I've had some decent... Decent form in there. So the, the people I'm going to go, I'm just going to go, I'm going to tell everybody what, what they are at the moment. You can read my proper reasons by Googling golf, bet, golf betting tips and clicking on an article. But the guys I really fancy, uh, Jason Day, he is in the group with Mickelson, Stenson and Furick. And in his quarter, who's the favourite? His the favourite is Roy McIlroy. In, for, for, for that, for his quarter where he is, so he's twenty-two to one. He's won there before, been playing pretty well. I think he's had three top tens last five events. Did miss the cut last week, but twenty-two to one, I think, really good. Rory, seven to one, short odds. So you're backing him. I'm not backing Rory. This oh, week okay. Because I think it's, I think Rory's now thinking about the Masters more than anything. I mean, I could be very easily proved wrong there. Um, so. Jason Day first pick, second pick, Bubba Watson, defending champion. The reason why I've gone for him is he's in a group with Jordan Spieth playing pretty horribly, Billy Horschel playing okay, and Kevin Nahr playing okay. I think he'll get through that group and getting someone through the group, someone who obviously has won there before. The favourite in his quarter is going to be Paul Casey as well. So, you know, on the back of a victory, it's always hard to win back to back week so I like where Bubba is is in there actually Justin Rose is also in that group but you know whatever um, next one Matt Kuchar 40 to 1 won twice already this season former winner of this event uh, he's in a group with John Rahm who we know we've already seen been playing really well JB Holmes and and S. Kim so you know, tricky, but 40 to 1. See, that's the thing. It's, at the moment, you're never going to go for the winner, you know, for the top seed in that group. Kuchar, I think, very decent odds because he's such a solid uh, putter as well. And then the last one, this is my one that I really am, I really think I've, I've cracked it this week. <laughs> okay. Kiradek Afi Barnrat. Oh, I quite fancy him. 80 to 1. Incredible match play record. Last two events he's won, I think, have been match play events. He won the Paul Roy match play and the, the World Super 6. Really, really decent match play record. He's in a group with DeChambeau, Leishman and Knox. You know, all playing okay as well. I think Afi Barnett, an 80-1 to 1 tip, could really do well. What do you reckon about those ones? Um, yeah, Afi Barnett was one of mine. I quite fancy an outsider this week, so I went for four picks. I, I've written a preview this week, mm-hmm. and I've gone for just some, like, who the favourites are. Uh, DJ, Casey, Ram. But... I think it's going to be a randomer. Well, not a randomer because it's a WGC, but an unexpected one. So I'm going for Matsuyama, Spieth, Afi Barmrat. And I think that was it. I can't remember who the fourth one was. Interesting going for Spieth. Spieth has been hitting it off the planet recently. But uh, but it's match play. You never yeah, know. no, no. Well, yeah. And I've, I have, I think Spieth's, I wouldn't be surprised if Spieth turns up his form around somewhere around Augusta. And maybe the match play element will help his putting and yeah. his mental approach. You need a bit of luck, don't you? And I say you can play pretty poorly, you can shoot shoot over par and you can win your match. In the same sense you can shoot four under yeah. and you can lose your match. So um 
Yeah. It's also, sorry, um, not really an outsider, but Tommy Fleetwood, what do you think about Fleetwood? Yeah, Fleetwood, I did check out Fleetwood. He's in a group with Oosthuizen, Carl Stanley and Ben Ann, so not exactly the strongest opposition, although Oosthuizen was second last week, as picked by me. I picked another second. Uh, and he would come up against, possibly, Afi Barmrat in the next round. So that's the thing. You think, oh, fancy, fancy Fleetwood and Barmrat, you know, it's... It's a bit tricky, isn't it? So I, I do fancy Fleetwood. Do you? So do you like the? You, you've obviously already like, said that you like the format, um, and obviously with match play, match play is very different to stroke play, isn't it? Um, there's a lot more different tactics. So we uh, a, a while ago now spoke to Tommy Fleetwood, as you've mentioned, about what his match play tips are. So here's Tommy talking about them now. People obviously can go out and attack in match play, and I've always fan if I kept the ball in play all the time and you know, par- pars aren't that bad I know you think you know just try and make birdies and win the holes but if, if you're in if you're in every hole um, and then pick up the odd one I always feel like you're putting pressure on your opponent all the time and that kind of makes the difference if it comes to a long match yeah it's tough isn't it almost I mean I think putting is like the the part that sort of almost becomes easier because the the second one doesn't matter as much you know if you've got 10 foot to have the hole you're always going to give it a go and that that's kind of the only part of match play that I, that kind of becomes a bit easier if you like because it you know doesn't matter yeah. um so uh, but yeah the putting def- definitely down the stretch i mean you know if you miss a short put and make bogan lose the hole i know it's they say well it's only one hole but you always feel like you can make a birdie on the next but if they make a birdie then you've not made it up at all it's kind of weird but uh, uh i've always i've always loved match play but i you know i suppose it's best if i prefer stroke play since we play it every week but uh, no i do like match play so great insight from one of the world's best players there. But I'm going to talk to you, Elliot. What's one of your match play tips? Got any as a club golfer? People say expect your opponents to hold everything, but actually expect them not to. Okay. So, for example... <laughs> Go on. If your opponent has like a birdie putt or something, just say, nope, they're not going to hold that. I'm going to do this instead. So... Instead of saying, oh, they're going to hold that, so I've got to do this or whatever. Say you're up against a 10 handicapper and he's playing out of his skin on the front nine. He's off 10 for a reason and he's going to mess up on the back nine. It's as simple as that. Like, you're not playing to, tour It's very unlike you, Elliot. It sounds like just try and stay positive even if you're up against it. I'm a very positive player. You're really not. Although I did uh, <laughs> lose a match play match at the weekend, albeit... Uh, I was playing with my dad. And you did throw your toys out the pram. <laughs> no, we're still friends. Uh, what are your match play tips? Have you ever won well, a match? I, well, I, was, I wasn't really playing match play at the weekend, but I, it, the last couple of holes, it was more or less match play because we were very, very level. But uh, it is incredible. And man. what happened when it was level with two I, holes to play? I, I went out of bounds twice. <laughs> so, But that was down to me, really. But I did get put under... Because I was hitting, strangely, my driver very, very well. And because I'm quite a big lad, if I do get hold of it, it does go quite far, reasonably far. Not as far as some, I know. But uh, the, I was further than the guys I was playing with. So I was hitting quite nice drivers, and they were hitting in first. And one of the other guys I was playing with, the guy who actually eventually won, his irons were the thing which won in the game. So I'd be 20, 30 yards past him, but then he'd knock his iron on to the green, you know, for a birdie putt. And that really does put the pressure on. So even if you're, I'd, I'd say... You know, sometimes maybe use whatever the, your opponent's maybe advantage is, try and use it against them. 
uh, it, in that way, just think, okay, I'm hitting first here. I've got a chance to put the pressure on, on my opponent. And even if you, you don't know, they've still got to try and beat and beat you, haven't they? So also, I don't know whether that's a tactic. I don't. I think it might be. But. Also, another thing that I carry in match play, I saw it on the 13th tee of the Glashidi course at Ballyliffin. The match begins on the 13th tee. What? Why is that? Um, it just does. Because that's the last. That's the. That's so. That's like the. The third third, and that's when the pressure. Starts. Yeah, so if you're three down after six holes, doesn't matter. The, the match begins on the thirteenth tee. Okay, I think that's th- three good tips there. Yeah, and Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, <laughs> um, there is one other event happening this week. That's the Hero India Open, which we're not going to talk about too much about. Uh, Lahiri's in the field there. Shivanka Sharma's there. Uh, Jun Sui's there. A reasonably good field there, but. I haven't got any tips for that at the moment, but do I will have them up on the line up online uh, after the, I've done the podcast. So do uh, Google golf betting tips to see who my tips are for the Hero Indian Open. Hi, I'm Nick Doherty, and you're listening to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. So next up, we've been asking you guys out on social media for some questions for us to answer. So if you do ever want to get in touch, do make sure that you check us out on Facebook, Golf Monthly Magazine at Golf Monthly on Twitter, at Golf Monthly on Instagram. And you can also email in golfmonthly at ti-media.com. What have people been asking, Elliot? Okay, so we've got one from Facebook. Here is Tim Houston. Tim it, Houston. Is he Tim from Houston? Or his name's Tim Houston? His name's Tim Houston, but he Hi, might Tim. be from That is a Houston, strong name. Tim Houston is a strong name. Uh, if the Houston, we have a problem. Oh. Go on. <laughs> If the drop ball rule was looked at again, would you prefer to go back to shoulder height or any other older drop methods or scrap it all together and allow the ball to be placed? Uh, so I, we were chatting about this the other day because I was watching an old open film as they do, you know, they do the packages of all the, of the each year the youth of the open. That's when Seve won at Lytham because we played at Lytham last year and I thought, oh, I hadn't seen this since I played it. And um, the drop rule then was... Uh, you dropped it over your shoulder, so you didn't even see where it landed. And people were telling me a few funny stories in the office that people had dropped it over their shoulder and then they couldn't find the ball after that because they don't actually see where it lands. So one was like, well, you had to drop it over your shoulder into very thick grass and they couldn't, they just lost it. And another one, they dropped it over the shoulder and they just, it just seemed to disappear. They couldn't find it anywhere, reasonable rough. And it was only um, after they finished the round of golf and shook hands someone patted someone on the back and it got stuck in his hood oh, wow. of his jacket uh, so I think that was one of the reasons why that got changed to, around to the shoulder height drop and obviously now we've had the issue this year of changing to the knee height drop for me I would just say you can drop it be- between shoulder and knee height and then just get on with it because the knee height thing is a bit awkward and if you're, I think the whole point of the knee height thing was to try and stop people having to re-drop it because it's rolling away so um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go for placing it to be honest with you because I think then things could maybe get a little bit silly and actually I think that might take a bit too long um, but I just like, I would just say between shoulder height and knee height drop it and get on with it yeah I tend to agree with that I don't see anything wrong with a knee height drop really although we've spoken about it already haven't we on the podcast the old fella who emailed us in yeah. and said he has to drop with his putter because he can't get down that low. Yeah, yeah. I think that's and that, that's why I would say just 
to try and make it less awkward for other people. I did have a few, believe it or not, I did have to do drop do the drop a few times yeah, at the I weekend. Bet you would. Yeah, you and did. Uh, yeah, I ended up doing it on one leg because <laughs> I find that's the easiest way to a legal drop. Yeah, a, le- a, le- a yeah. legal drop. Yeah, yeah, legal drop. I go on one leg and then yeah, I don't know what I do. It looks like I'm gonna hop. The gold fashion guy has asked if the gold fashion guy. Hi, the gold fashion guy. I think. Is he christened that? Is that his christened name? The golf fashion uh, Possibly. Is his I first think... name the or golf? Uh, the. Hello, the. I believe he, he may be... Is this on Twitter? A business account. Okay. Um, yeah. Selling fashion for golf. I would, I would probably. Um, if you feel you look good on the course, do you feel like you may play better? Uh, I th- yeah, I think so. What do you think, Elliot? I, you don't no. even look that good. <laughs> no. You look a bit scruffy. Uh, I think it's a load of rubbish. Look good, feel good, play great or whatever. No, I, you can still hit shanks and slices. I do still, with still some think nice shoes. that you very rarely see a good golfer who is if his shirt's untucked and stuff like that. So I feel if you can't look after the way that you look, you're probably not looking after your game very well. The only person I think who might, who I know, does look very unkept and actually plays okay is our good friend Nick Bonfield, who always looks like he's been dressed got himself dressed in the dark and you know crawled through a hedge before he's coming to work but he's a sneakily decent golfer obviously with a pretty dodgy handicap as well but um <laughs> that's a, for another another podcast so i still think that you know try and make yourself look reasonably but, turned out and also i think the thing is that you can get away with playing badly if you look good as well because i think people don't you know i think people don't remember that you look a bit dodgy but yet. being in your position Go on. working for golf monthly you do tend to wear Nice foot joy clothes when you play. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't help your game. Um, I don't know. It might have done over the years, actually. You reckon? Yeah. Look, I'm not. I don't play enough golf to be a good golfer. But I still think it's nice to turn up somewhere, whether you're away with your mates or if you're going on a uh, to a course you haven't played before. I think it's nice to turn up, look reasonably smart, tuck your shirt in at least. I think that's you know the least you can do and. I don't think, you know, dress codes and all this, I don't want to pick people up in arms about dress codes, but I still think people should make a, a little effort uh, to look presentable on the course. And actually, I think it does eventually, does will have an effect on your game. Because I think, as I said, if you look after the way that you look, look after your clubs, clean the grooves and them, you know, keep them, change your grips and all that, it will help your game. Mm. My clubs are actually being regripped as we speak. There we go. This Elliot. week, you're you know you're a golfer who cares about his equipment. That's I think all part of it. Okay, the next one from at Invisible Golfer on Twitter. I know hello, my hello, stance on this. At Invisible, iron head covers, the calling card of the chopper, or good thing to keep irons safe. Well, I don't think we like iron head covers that much, do we? Who has that on tour? Aaron Rye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, as I've said, people trying to look after their equipment, stuff like that, but it's not a great look, is it? it? It's a nice idea in principle, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just also a bit of a faff, isn't it? Having to take put iron head covers on every shot, and it's probably easily, easy to lose them. It's not like a big head cover for a driver. So I don't think we're, we're really in that. I think it's a bit harsh calling anyone who's head covers has iron head covers a chopper. As I said, Aaron Roy's not a chopper. He's won the European Tour this year. Um, uh, but I'm yeah. back, back, I've got a story about Aaron head covers. Quickly, back. Invisible Golfer, I agree. They are the calling card of the chopper. Sorry if anyone has iron covers listening, but yeah, carry on. 
Okay, I was going to say, back in the day before I worked for Golf Monthly, uh, and I was buying my first very cheap golf stuff on the internet, I did buy a set of iron golf clubbers because they, I think, were a tenner. But uh, if you bought them from this online store, you then got a driver for a penny. What? Yeah, it was a mental thing. God. So, yeah, it was uh, like, you know, an unbra... I, I can't remember what it was, but, uh, yeah. So I did have a set of iron covers, but I don't think I ever put them on my irons. This is, a, this is going back a long time, so there you go. Um, yeah, my dad, when I was a junior, he would occasionally buy me golfing items, and he said, oh, like, son, I've got you, I've got you a, a present. And I was like, ooh, this is exciting. And, yeah, it was some iron head covers and... You're slagging off your dad a lot today, aren't you? Because he because he let you down in your match. Uh, no, but I remember them. But that, that black is, leather with there's gold. Lot, there's a lot of stuff out there, isn't it? Golf that golfers, oh, you know, your family know you're a golfer. So for Christmas, you always get mad, you know, <laughs> mad tools to clean your grooves and an uh, extendable ball retriever. Yeah, extendable ball retriever. Which I, yeah, again, I used to have one of them. I don't think I don't top know. flight balls yeah all this balls. stuff so um, yeah there's it's, I think it's in that someone's come up with this idea and it's out there and people go oh that's a good idea that's, in principle it is a good idea oh that protects your clubs that makes them last longer but actually we don't like the look of them do we so. no, I must say my, my irons are looking quite scabby now lots of scratches and chips like they could really do with some iron head covers exactly. but just yeah, couldn't just, do it's it it's probably could too I? late now yeah the damage is already done. Uh, now, here is a very big question from Wazza, who's at Paul Warwick 84 on Twitter. Hello, Paul. What will golf look like in 100 years' time? 100 years? Uh, wow, that's a big question. Um, so that's 100 years away. Uh, what do I think? I think... Well, what has happened in the last 100 years? Uh, I don't know. Not I'm much, not, really. I'm not much? What are you on about? We still play on courses with clubs and balls. Well, yes, I don't think that, that will change. Technology's moved I don't on think, a lot. I don't think the, the technology that's changed. You know, we have, you know, we have metal woods, for example. We, the golf ball goes further. The courses are longer. One thing I'd, I'd say, I think there might be fewer clubs in the bag... I think that's one thing which might happen. Also, I do wonder if courses, whether we'll still be playing over 18 holes. I don't know. Because time is, seems to be tricky for more and more people, more pressures and stuff like that. Whether that's going to change, I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's more nine-hole golf courses or maybe even something like ten-hole golf courses. I think there'll be a lot maybe. less golf courses yeah. with overpopulation and the land that golf courses use... Um, yeah, that, yeah, I think yeah, that's a that's finances a, to maintain them. Golfers, I don't know. I was listening to a, a No Laying Up podcast with Eddie Pepper, and he was saying, I think it was what he was saying, that the future of the game is quite bleak because youngsters are not going to take it up in a yeah, mass I think it's market. A, I think um, no, that is a it's 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 tricky because golf is an expensive game to play. But I'd say it's cheaper now than it ever has. You can get golf clubs. You can get if you want to just buy a set of golf clubs. You can now go into any high street shop, a high street sports shop, and you can probably buy a set of golf clubs for pretty cheap. And I don't know if that was ever really out there. And there are more options to play just a round of golf than perhaps there used to be. That's not to say that golf clubs aren't struggling. And I think golf clubs have got to 
change models. Also, where I, I live in Essex, um, there used to be a, some fantastic pitch and putt, council-run pitch and putt golf courses. And these have all completely gone. You know, they're country parks now, or some are being sold off for houses and stuff like that. And they used to be, you know, really, really busy. Used to go there, and it was only little, you know, little tiny pitch and putts. But when I was nine, ten, playing golf, you know, you go with a, a wedge and a putter and try and, yeah, knock it around. That was great ways of getting into the game, and then people could take on from there. Um, so I do, I do like your point. There may be, I think there'd be fewer golf courses, but maybe actually these things will be much bigger. As in, they'll have a big driving range there. They might have a, a crazy golf thing for the family and also a golf course on there, which a lot of these big resorts are are popping up around the place. Yeah, even down the road, like two, two minutes that way from our office where we're sat now, Southwood. That was a, a public golf course that closed this year or late last year that, um, yeah, it's going to wipe out a lot of the... Yeah, the North East Hampshire golfing community. Yeah, so I think they'll be they're... forced to join private clubs, but a lot of them won't be able to afford that. So yeah, yeah I think there will be. Bad. Yeah, that's what I, I think the ones that survive and have a, you know, adapt. I think they'll they'll thrive. I feel they get to the point where actually some of the lots and lots of clubs they're just gonna, unfortunately, some of them are gonna go. So there'll be fewer clubs, but actually those big clubs. I'm thinking quite near here, Old Thorns. They do it really well. They're doing really well because they have the whole package there. You have you know good driving range there. You got the, a decent golf course there, but you've also got the hotel there and the bar and all that. So uh, I think it's you know I think they've got it really nailed down. Whereas other members, just members club where it's just the clubhouse and the golf course, I think they might struggle. But I hope I'm wrong in those that sense well because I actually really like those clubs. Um, but in hundred years, there's a long way ahead. I can't remember what <laughs> yeah. I did last week or we're what I'm just, doing next week. We're so. just talking about 10 or 20 years, aren't we? 100 yeah. years. Uh, we'll be lasers. Or we'll be living in space. We'll, we'll uh, be flying around. There'll be golf on Mars. All the golf courses will be, be on Mars. Yeah. And you could hit the ball quite far on Mars, uh, I think. Um, yeah, maybe we... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we have an extendable golf club that just comes out of our arm maybe just one club you just take one club and the head you can just change the head you press a button yeah and the head changes to whatever club you want so it's like Tiger Woods you go I want my uh, Tiger Woods computer game you know, I, I want the sand wedge now boom press a button and it's, your club turns into a sand yeah. wedge and then with your little like Google glasses things Go- yeah, you yeah. just can like spin it back or just yeah your cap there's also a GPS um Look, we, we could we could start doing this now. So, yeah, I think. Um, oh, actually, hoverboards. Yeah. Hovering around, we won't have to walk anymore. Jetpacks. <laughs> I think we've gone a bit too far now. I don't we? want to play golf in hundred years. <laughs> I think it's great how it is now. I quite like what it is now as well. Uh, I think it's going to, we can get that. Have we got any more questions? Uh, was Paul Casey's bunker shot on eighteen to win the Valspar better than Tiger's one? Everyone mad about. That was Nick Parker Giles on Facebook. Did you talk about the uh, the ch- Tiger's chip on the 16th of Augusta? No, no, about? Tiger's bunker shot in Mexico. Oh, yeah, I, it was all right. So uh, I thought he was talking about Tiger's one at Augusta, best shot ever. Casey's but Casey's bunker shot they're different, aren't they? Casey's bunker shot was a very good bunker shot. He did get a little bit lucky with the lie because he was not as close to the, the front nip as they thought. He didn't have to. He just played the normal shot. It was very close to hitting the lip, I know, but 
he just had to play a normal bunker shot, in my opinion. I'm going to say, yes, Casey's was better. Okay. Because under pressure, with a tournament on the line to hit a wedge clean out of a bunker on the 72nd hole, knowing that if you mess this up, you're not going to win, or you're not going to win in regulation, there's an awful lot of pressure on that. And to get the strike like he did, to hit it 15, 20 foot to the right, yeah, that's very impressive. I, th- I think it was impressive, but it's, it was a golf shot that he'd back himself to hit, you know, nine times out of ten. He had a wedge in his hand, and the lie was fine, his stance was fine, you know, it's not... I've the, got a feeling the lie wasn't fine. The lie was fine. I thought... Because he I, wasn't too close to the lip. When they went in there, they went, uh-oh, he can't go for the green now. Oh, no, that's nothing to do with the lie. Yeah, I mean, not. how the ball was actually sitting in Yeah, it, it, it rolled back into the flat of the bunker. It wasn't, you know, on the upslope, it wasn't on the downslope. It was just a nice flat lie, mm. in my opinion. That's what they seem to think. But yeah, um, Tiger's bunker shot was still a, amazing. Still a heck of a shot. And anyone... All right, Butch. <laughs> uh, anyone who says it, it wasn't incredible... But Tiger's bunker shot... Yeah, Tiger's bunker shot was great as well, but it wasn't... Uh, it, shot to win a tournament was it uh, and then Dr Loomis on Twitter says hello doc how in hell have we not seen Sergio's video murdering greens Mur- have we not seen Sergio's video murdering greens in Saudi Arabia we, there was yep. never any video footage was there I think it's just because he went out early and no one was watching his group and he wasn't on telly because he was nowhere near the lead yeah and yeah I think look that's something that happened he's apologised I think we probably move on from that. I mean, as I said, he's, he wasn't one of the featured groups. We saw some other misbehaviour of himself and stuff like that. But they don't get every single shot in there. The TV cameras aren't on there, and you don't know whether if if he's playing partner, they were concentrating on his playing partner trying to hold a six footer, and he's attacking a green twenty yards away. Um, yeah, you're not going to see it, are you? Because they've probably got only got one camera per green for those early groups. Yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you to everyone for their questions. Indeed. Great stuff. Um, Good discussion there. Yes. I wonder what golf's going to be like in 100 years now. I don't want to play golf in 100 years. <laughs> Definitely not. Anyway, let's move on to our last thing, which is the quiz. Elliot currently leads 7 5. Uh, you won last week, didn't you? You won the last two weeks. No, we, we drew last week. Oh, we drew last week. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, well, maybe I've turned the tide again. So, uh, Sam, who oh, we haven't heard from Sam this week, have we? Sam's been lazy this week and not done any audio for us. But he has done the quiz for us. So, as ever, ten questions, all about usually things which have happened in the recent past. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Play along at home. Question one Paul Casey won the Valspar Championship, but can you tell me his middle name? Oh, I think I know this. Do you? Yeah, because why do I know this? I think it's right. I'm going to go with the same as mine. <laughs> I don't know what your middle name is. I'm looking forward to this. I think that's right. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. How do you know that? Because I, th- I was. I think I was looking at his Wikipedia page. Okay. <laughs> Question two. Oh, well, I don't know this one. What is Paul Casey's best finish in a major? I should know this, but I don't know what it is. Um, no, do you get an extra point if you can tell me the major and year it came in? You need both for the point. Oh, goodness. Uh, okay. I've just... I've guessed. 
That's yeah. I've that guessed. was a pu- that is a massive guess. That's that's just a pure guess. Question three: Dustin Johnson played in the final group but didn't win. Regardless, can you tell me how many weeks total he's been at world number one? Closest wins? Oh no. Okay, so how many weeks has he been? Uh, if you win this, I'll be quite gutted. Okay, let's hope. I think I'm going to be pretty close. I know this. I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Question four. Scott Hend question. Come on. <laughs> Scott Hend won the Maybank Championship over the weekend. How many European Tour titles has he won? Okay. I know that. I think we said that already, haven't we? We have. Question five. <laughs> oh, crikey. How much is Tag Heer's new connected modular GPS watch on sale for? Ooh. You know this, don't you? I know this. I think I, think I do. We talked about it last week at work. He says in brackets, obviously, tell people to go to the website to take a look at it. Oh, nice! <laughs> so, please do go to the website to look at it. He's a very attractive looking device. Yeah, just Google Tag Heuer GPS Golf Watch, and hopefully, uh, Golf Monthly should be quite near the top. You could put Golf Monthly and they'll probably find it easier. <laughs> uh, question six In the past week, Roy McElroy and that's who we play in which tournament for the first time later this year? Uh, we, I think I know this. Yeah, I know this. We talked about it, didn't we? In the office, I think. Question seven. Oh, in what year was the first WGC match play? Oh. Well, we we one of the questions was when was the first WGC? So. Okay. Uh, oh, Elliot's looking. Looking in pain. I know what this is. The it is the the like eightieth or whatever. I know that number. So I'm just trying to work back. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. There you go. Question eight. What is the biggest margin of victory to take place in the WGC match play? Uh, I think. Well, Can we get a bonus point for the the match? No. Try to do the maths. Is that is that even possible? I think there's. Question nine. Matt Wallace won last year's Hero Indian Open, of course. But who did he beat in a playoff? Oh, you know that, don't you? Yeah. I know it too. I watched that playoff and Matt Wallace's shot into the, the 18th green was sensational. Question ten. Who is the host course named after? I take it that's the Hero Indian Open. Who is the host course named after? Clue, he's a legend of the game. Oh, didn't we, we didn't need a clue, Sam. I know. I I, I, know, I knew that. Oh, okay. I actually saw him uh, tweeting about it yesterday. Okay. Yes. Anyway, right, let's go for it. Question one. Paul Casey won the Valspar Championship. But can you tell me his middle name? John. Is that your middle name? It is, yeah. I think it's Alexander. Okay. It is Alexander. Well done. I said that's a... That's a that's well done to you. That's I looked at this Wikipedia and for some reason that actually stuck out to me. Um, boom. Right, question two. What is Paul Casey's best finish in a major? No, you get an extra point if you can tell me the major and the year it came in. I said fourth in the US Masters in 2008. Whoa. I said tied fourth in the Masters in 2009. That's very odd. <laughs> and the answer is... oh. <laughs> tied third in the 2010 Open Championship oh. so none of us get any points for that I'd actually no it doesn't matter 
Uh, question three. Dustin Johnson played in the final group but didn't win. Regardless, can you tell me how many weeks total he played been at world number one? I've gone for 21. Oh, good. I went for 86. Oh, my miles out. Yeah, your miles out. Oh, Elliot. What? 85. Oh. Oh, I didn't have a clue with that. So that was a pure game. Oh, no. I've, I've crossed that out. That's, that was a tick. That was the closest wins. Uh, question four. Scott Hen won the May Bank Championship over the weekend. How many European titles has he won? Well, three. Three? Yeah. The answer was three. Oh, I think this is going to be very close this week. Question five. How much is Takio's new connected modular GPS watch on sale for? Elliot? £1,600. That's exactly what I've written. Yeah. £1,600. The answer is £1,600. Looks nice. Question six. In the past week, Rory McIlroy announced he will play in which tournament in the, for the first time later this year? Uh, it's Canadian Open, isn't it? RBC yeah. Canadian Open? The RBC Canadian, Canadian Open. Canadian Open. Right, I think I've got you on this question. In what year, question seven, what year was the first WGC match play? What did you go for? 2000. Oh, 1999. You've got 1999? Yeah. It's 1999. Yes. Oh. To be fair, this next question could that separate so us as well. Question eight, what is the biggest margin of victory take place in the WGC match play? Nine and eight, Woods and Ames. Nine and eight, does that work? Nine up with eight holes to play, yeah. It's nine up with nine holes to play. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, you could... Well, no, I'll go I said ten and eight. that work? Yeah. That... <laughs> I don't know what... What's... We're going to find out the answer. Oh, it is nine and eight. Is that in t- Oh, Tiger beating Stephen Ames. Oh, he's so close. So, question nine. Matt Wallace won last year's Hero in the Open. Who did he beat? Playoff. Beef. And Johnson. And number 10. Who's host course named after in India? It's Gary Player. Yeah. Gary Player, Gary Player. DLF Gary Player Country Club. The, okay. That wasn't the question. One, two, three, four, five, six for me. Eight out of ten for me. <sighs> Extends the I was to one eight out. Five. I was one out on two different things. Annoying. 8-5 to you. Oh, well, hope you did well at home. Some a couple of tricky ones in there. But uh, next week, we've got a special next week, haven't we? We've got an in-depth interview with Nick Doherty, um, as well as a review of the WGC match play and previews of the Valero Texas Open. And you're not going to be here next no, week. No, I'm not here. So I think we're going to get Sam in, I think, although unofficially. Might I'm, be someone else. I'm playing in the Celtic Cup next week. Oh, you are? Well, that uh, I'm playing all three courses at Celtic Manor. Okay, Hope it doesn't no. rain. Oh, uh, don't be horrible. <laughs> but thanks as ever for listening. Uh, if you do listen on iTunes, do please leave us a review and make sure, of course, that you subscribe to the uh, Golf Monthly podcast on any of your podcast providers so you don't ever miss a episode. An episode. An episode. Yeah, I know. Elliot, thanks ever so much. Thanks, Tom. I look forward to listening next week. Indeed. Uh, I will create a quiz for you. Oh, that's something and to look forward to. And Sam or whoever plays. That'll be, that's something to look forward to. So Sam's going to be playing for you? No, it'll be a one-off special. A one-off special? Yeah. Okay, we'll go with that. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll speak again next week. <laughs>